Thank you for tuning in to the Maximum Advisor podcast. If you're a growth-minded financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, you're in the right place. Your host, Chip Munn, brings tips and best practices based on his experiences and has guests from financial advisors to industry experts sharing wisdom with one another because we're better together. And now, Chip Munn. Welcome back to Maximum Advisor. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today I'm excited to be joined by my good friend, Kevin Nichols. Kevin is the COO of the Oxley Institute uh, and a, uh, a good friend of mine for a long time and a coach of mine for, uh, for a while there. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, Chip. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So, Kevin, you and I have known each other, I, I think we were talking earlier, for 12 or 15 years. I've been to a lot of your programs, participated in your coaching program. I, I think uh, up until very recently, and it's just because I can't keep up with you guys and your growth, I probably have done almost everything uh, that you guys ha- have put out. And so we've had a good long relationship, but I'm curious if you could tell our listeners a little bit about you, kind of how you got involved in the financial advisor space and kind of what you do there at the Osley Institute. Yeah, Chip, I'm ha- happy to do that. So I guess I've been here now for coming up on, on 12 years at the Oxley Institute. I grew up in Southern California, went to grad school in North Carolina. Where there I met Stephen Boswell, who's actually the president of the Oxley Institute currently. And out of grad school, I worked for actually, you know, nothing financial related. I worked for Wrangler Jeans for a little while. I worked for an Oracle reseller. And then Stephen called me up uh, out of the blue. I guess it's, you know, who you know, right? And he said, hey, I want you to come over here. We have an opening. And I interviewed and at that point, it was pretty much Matt Oxley, Stephen Boswell, and myself, and maybe one other person. And I came on board, and I started off doing some just general marketing for Oxley. And next thing you know, Matt Oxley is teaching me how to coach advisors and the ins and outs of the industry. And it's kind of evolved from there. And now we we do a lot, you know, beyond just coaching. Right? We do we do coaching, and that's that's a you know big big focus for us. But we do websites for advisors. We run social media accounts. We have a new program called Oxley Mobile, where advisors outsource their video. I mean, we we've really grown tremendously over the past past 12 years. Yeah, no kidding. Again, I think our first you guys used to call them rainmaker retreats. I think that you've changed <laughs> the the name now, but you know, that was one of the ways that we first met, but one of the things that I've always been impressed with is the fact that for those who may not and I don't know that there are many financial advisors who haven't heard of the Oxley Institute, but was how research-based the company is. Because there are a lot of folks out there who want to tell us what we should do. One of the things that I really always interested me in your group was the fact that you had done research studies to back it up. I'm curious how that happened and, and what does it look like? What's your most recent research and, and what are you guys doing now? So how, how did that become a thing? Yeah. And what's the research telling us these days? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we are a research-based company, right? And Matt Oxley, you know, he's been doing research for years and years and years, long before I started at, at the Oxley Institute. And it's still the foundation for everything 
that we do. And we research affluent investors. So we're asking the affluent, when I say affluent, we're typically talking about investors with at least 500,000 or more in investable assets. How are they going about selecting an advisor? What do they look for in an advisor? How does that they decide to work with a particular person? How do they respond to an introduction this way versus that way? I mean, we can slice and dice it a million different ways in terms of our research on the affluent. Now on the flip side of that, we're researching advisors. So we're researching advisors who are bringing in at least 10 million in net new assets every year. How are they bringing in business? And so if you take a look at those two parallel projects, like one is affluent investors, one is financial advisors, what we're doing here is, is really, they should match up, right? In terms of like, if you think about how advisors are bringing in business and how the affluent are, are selecting an advisor, those should align and they have. And then that's the foundation for everything that we do. So in coaching, we talk a lot about research, but when you can think about something like this new program we rolled out with Oxley Mobile, where advisors outsource their video to us. The reason that we rolled that program out is some of our latest research in terms of how the affluent want educational content from a financial advisor. In the under 45 category, the number one kind of medium that they want is video. So we're saying, okay, well, we know that's a trend. That's going to continue. How do we help advisors do more videos? So you really see it woven through everything that we offer. Now, your question, Chip, about our latest project. I have it actually sitting in front of me right now. This is a report that it's pre-released at this point. It's about to be released by Hartford. Um, Hartford Funds and Oxley partnered on this project. It's called the Affluent Digital Code. And when I mentioned that research point about how the affluent want educational content, it's straight from this report. And so we were asking them about all different ways they use LinkedIn, Facebook, how they go about searching for an advisor. It's really going to be, and it already is, an outstanding report. It's just going to be released here in the next month. So you guys are getting a little bit of a pre-release of it. Well, that's when you said that under 45, the affluent who are under 45, video is the way that they prefer to... Get educational content. Right, to prefer to receive content. So the over... 45. What, what's, what's number one for them? For the over 45, so we have it broken down into three segments, under 45, 45 to 65, and then you know, older than 65. They're number one for the 45 to 65 and the older than 65 is articles. So they prefer to read that content. But their second preferred medium is, is video. So, you know, you have the younger generation, number one is video, and then you have for the older generation, it's articles, then video. So so for us, it's, you know, video is obviously trending and it's going to be content, continue to grow. And it's like, how, how do we do more of that? For sure. So, uh, okay. How do we do more of that? How, <laughs> so you guys have done the research and, and uh, again, I have kids, boys uh, from ages 12 to 20. And, and so I see you talking about video being an emerging uh, a trend. It's, it's a trend in, in many demographics that's already here. Mm-hmm. For the average advisor, uh, and you guys work with a lot of them, how do we do more of that? Because it seems like for uh, a lot of the advisors that I talk to, a concern is the ability to produce it, how much work goes into it. You know, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, it's, there, there's a lot of hurdles when you, when you think about getting into more video marketing. First off, more and more clients are going to want FaceTime. Just like I mean, we're doing today, we're recording the podcast. Everyone's going to be able to hear the audio, but we can see each other. I mean, I feel like that's obviously a growing trend. You know, some clients who, who may not want to be seen, I get that. But in general, like that's a, a simple way to start getting into video. The second is, I think you have everything you need right now in the palm of your hand, meaning your phone, right? You have the new iPhone 11 has 
three freaking cameras on it. So like you can shoot decent quality video with your phone. What you need to do is probably augment the audio, make, make the audio a little better, right? The, the audio on the phone is not the greatest. You need to make sure you have good lighting. But in general, I think that's where most advisors should start. And what should they talk about? What questions do you get from clients on a day-to-day -day basis, right? How do you take that, turn it into short videos, educational content, share it online, and give your knowledge away? And I know that sounds somewhat scary to do, but that's how you're going to build trust with someone who doesn't know you, right? Or even someone who does kind of know you. Like give that knowledge away to the point where you are the person that they want to go to when they have, a, you know, a more personal question. Couldn't agree more. And, and obviously, again, one of the reasons that you guys do a podcast, the Stephen and Kevin Show, one of the reasons that we do this is because it allows for content creation. It, it allows us to begin in one way or another to build relationship with, in this case, other advisors. But it's a matter of there aren't necessarily a lot of folks who, whether it's you or one of our other guests, who are going to get an hour to ask a bunch of questions and, and to, to be able to provide that to people, whether it is, again, in this format, because for the average advisor, I mean, they could record what we're doing in video and, and just figure out how to, to put it out there, but it's definitely, they aren't just headed there, they're already there. And the questions are already top of mind Yeah, for us, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the questions are there. And in terms of like sharing that video, so you're thinking about like, you shoot some videos, like where are you actually going to share it? This goes back to research again, like I, I know from this study, which you cannot get away from the 800 pound gorilla in the room that is Facebook. I mean, Facebook is such a dominant player. And when you take a look at our research, it doesn't matter what age bracket, under 45, 45 to 65 or greater than 65, Facebook is the dominant without a doubt. And you, you can't get rid of it. If you're an advisor and you're targeting people who are in that, I don't know, 50, 55 age range, you should be marketing on Facebook. You should be running ads. You should be doing video and putting them on there. I think also on the other side of it, like looking at LinkedIn and the organic reach that you get on a post, especially video, is tremendous. Like I don't have to pay to play on LinkedIn right now. And I think a lot of advisors who are thinking about, I need to be getting into video or we do a lot of new advisor training for younger advisors. Think about this. You're new to the business. How do you show someone that you know what you're talking about? I don't think video, I mean, video is the way to do that without a doubt. Uh, we train a number of advisors from different firms on, hey, you need to be doing more video, showcasing your expertise and letting people see that, yes, I'm young, but man, I'm knowledgeable and I, and I know my stuff. So when you look at getting into Instagram and, and some of those things that maybe we use at home, there's always an interest in what's next, but I'm a big believer in also spending plenty of time doing what's working now. And you know, again, one of my personal beliefs is there are plenty of people in that 35, let's say 40 to 50 range. I was going to say 35 to 45, but I think technically 35 is millennial. But I mean, there are plenty of Gen X folks who are, are going to get a hold of that. We talk about this transfer of wealth, that it's going to happen to them before in a lot of cases, it will the millennials. And, and I think sometimes we miss that. And I, I think in that same way, we want to go to Instagram and we want to fast forward to what's coming or TikTok, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Don't, or, uh, or Snapchat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but what we don't want to do, what I hear you saying is the research says, don't 
don't do that at the expense. Don't spend your time worrying about that at the expense of what's working right now, which uh, if I heard you right is definitely Facebook. And in a lot of cases, especially for free LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like right now, if you talk to a lot of the younger advisors, they're like, well, I don't even use Facebook. Well, I'm not asking if you use it. I'm not talking about your target market. Are they using it? Right. And also the, the targeting capabilities of something like Facebook. So I can go on Facebook and run an ad and I can go after someone or target someone to go after. It sounds so, you know, like I'm hunting. Right. But I can target someone. 1980s. <laughs> right. I can, I can target someone who is you know, a certain age who's been reading articles on financial planning or social security. And then I can shoot a video. That's me talking about three biggest myths around social security. Right. I mean, like I, it's unrivaled when it comes to Facebook ads. There's a reason that Zuckerberg was in front of Congress, right? It is like, it's unreal. Now on the other side of that, you know, LinkedIn is so untapped from an organic reach standpoint, meaning that you don't have to pay to play. And LinkedIn video is just taking off. So I feel like both of those simultaneously, like if you're looking at two mediums to really double down on from a client generation standpoint, those are them. I mean, the, right now, like I hear advisors talking about Instagram and, and look, I can run ads on Instagram still, right? As I'm running an ad on Facebook, right? It's basically a check mark to run something on Instagram simultaneously. But Snapchat and TikTok and those, I mean, they might be players down the road, but so many advisors get hyped up into what's next as opposed to what's now, which is what you're saying, Chip. And I think that's really interesting to me. You need to go after what's now, which is Facebook and LinkedIn. And also not to mention, look, the major firms really aren't there yet. I mean, like, especially when it comes to Facebook marketing. So if you have an opportunity, if you're with a firm who allows you to do this, right, there's no excuse. Like you should be doing it and you should do it. And before everyone else, you know, and, and all the major firms adopted and they're putting whatever budget behind it. And it's going to be really difficult to compete. And this is a way, an example to our listeners of giving away your best stuff for free. Exactly what you were just talking about is as we're talking to our listeners, what I'm hearing you say is get out there and be early. That's an example, I, I think, of us promoting something that we're not trying to, to figure out a way to monetize having this conversation. We don't have sponsors on this podcast, but it's just a matter of trying to be valuable. And so from that, Kevin, what would you say, I don't know that you specifically have research on, on this, but what would you think is the ideal kind of uh, social media marketing like plan or strategy? How do you split between the two? I don't, I don't know if you guys have gone that far, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts around that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. So we have a program at Oxy where advisors outsource their social media to us. So we've learned a ton, right? I, I have some research on, you know, usage of social media and, you know, have, it, have the affluent seen posts from advisors on Facebook and all this kind of stuff. But we've learned just so much implementing for advisors. So an ideal plan, I mean, it, it depends upon your objectives. And, and I know that sounds like a little wishy-washy, but like, let's say your objective is, and we work with plenty of advisors like this who already have an established client base. And my goal right now is to stay top of mind with my clients and maybe get more referrals from them. I'd be thinking more of overall, you know, connecting with them on LinkedIn, having a Facebook business page where they're following it, boosting posts so they see me regularly, running ads to friends of likers, which means basically like, let's say I have 100 clients who all like my Facebook business page. I'd be running ads to their friends 
constantly that say Chip Munn likes Kevin Nichols planning, right? Whatever the, the heck name it is. But the your friends see it and it looks like you just went and liked my page. And I'm sure you've seen ads like that. I didn't that even know it was wrong. an ad. So, I mean, that yes. gives you an idea as to how that's working. Exactly. No, exactly. It, you, you, yes, you think that you someone just went and liked that page. But no, it's being sponsored and run through that page. And I see it all the time for like so-and-so likes Wall Street Journal. Well, that's an ad that Wall Street Journal is running, right? So like to me, that's more of a retention strategy. It's more of a referral and retention strategy. And that would make sense for some advisors. Now, other advisors who are saying, no, I need net new, I'd be looking at a couple different options. Now, if you're saying, I just need people in the door right now, right? And I'm thinking more short term, then I think LinkedIn has, there's a tremendous opportunity for some right now LinkedIn mass approach. And I know it's looked down upon by some people. It's seen, it's seen as spammy, but I'll tell you it works in the sense of I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to define a really clear target market. I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I want with, uh, I want business owners who live in Greensboro, North Carolina, who went to university of North Carolina, right? UNC. So I can start drilling down on a specific, we call them micro niches. You might have multiple micro niches. So working with an advisor the other day who said, I want business owners who went to Rutgers who also served in the military, right? That's a micro niche. Go on LinkedIn, build connections with them. I mean, I'm talking three, four, 500, 600 in a month and start messaging them, right? And messaging them by adding some value on the front end. Hey, Chip, great connecting with you. We work with a lot of business owners. I want to send you this guide on X, Y, and Z, giving you some value. Then eventually saying, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you and taking it offline. It's like a new age cold calling. So if you're a new advisor, we teach this strategy to some major firms right now in terms of setting up meetings. It's, it's the new age cold call. Well, that's really interesting in terms of, well, first off, I, I learned while you were talking that now all those things where I think that you're liking the Wall Street <laughs> yeah. Journal is actually an ad, but also, and, and I think that as a population, we as advisors are undereducated. Uh, about what the capabilities are. I mean, again, we, we all see Zuckerberg on TV, but it is, uh, I think that we are under, yeah, just undereducated as to what all we can do in those. But one of the biggest kind of complaints, Kevin, that I hear from our advisors and the ones that I talk to is uh, the C word, the compliance department. So what is, and for some people and and at some places I think frankly I think it's an excuse I mean it, it's a reason not to have to do or not to figure it out or put the effort in because I can say that for my broker dealer that they've been very willing to help us figure out a way that that is allowable what's been your experience with compliance departments how, how do you deal with that so imagine like you know we're running you know, 300 or so social profiles for advisors and with a lot of different firms. And we've learned that you have to be flexible when it comes to compliance and you just need to know each, your firm's own rules, right? And most of the time, as long as you're not with really a major, major firm, like you're going to be able to do a lot of this stuff. For Facebook ads, let's say you want to run a Facebook ad. You just need to, for most firms that we work with, we just have to get it approved on the front end. That's pretty much it, right? If you want to post content, usually it has to, maybe it has to go through some sort of portal where it gets pre-approved. You just have to work with it. And if you are flexible and we've learned to be flexible, you can get this stuff done. For a lot of firms too, when I was sharing with you the LinkedIn messenger strategy, which is I think more appropriate for a new advisor who is, like I said, doing a new age cold call. As long as you get your messenger sequence, what you plan to send people approved, in advance, right? Because a lot of times for a lot of firms, if it's going out to a certain number of people, it's considered marketing. 
it's fine. And a lot of times too, firms are okay with you messaging people if they accept an invitation to connect on LinkedIn because they see it as an opt-in. So what you can do is ask them to connect first, then send them a message. Don't use in-mails or anything like that. I think it's such an excuse for a lot of advisors. And I, I mean, I've, I've been at Oxley for like 12 years and I remember when social media was just being rolled out and man, it was restrictive. The handcuffs were ridiculous. They've loosened and they will continue to loosen, right? So you have to be flexible. Now, I mean, don't go outside of what compliance is telling you to do. You don't want to get canned for something, right? But I'm just saying like, go out there and, and you know, there's no excuse right now. I think, I think most firms, if you work with them, they will work with you. Yeah, that's certainly been my experience with ours. And I tend to ask a lot of questions and really want to do what I feel like is next. And, and that's, so how do you do that? I assume then, is it the same with, with video? It's more of a scripting and just making sure that they've had an opportunity to take a look at it first? Yeah, most firms, when it comes to video, so like, let's say you're listening to this and you know, I want to get on the video side of things. I've been thinking about doing video for a while. I'm going to go ahead and get, get out there and start doing it. One, most firms are going to want some sort of rough draft in advance, and then they're going to want a final version. That's pretty much it, right? They're going to want to see what you plan to talk about, and then they're going to want to make sure that you didn't get too far off script. And then they might have a few edits here and there, but if you stick to it, you're going to be fine. Now, when it comes to doing video, I'm not a big fan of teleprompters. I don't know your feeling on this chip, but like, I don't like them because I feel, I think they feel inauthentic if I'm reading a teleprompter. And I think I can tell, like I can tell if someone's reading a teleprompter. Can you tell that I'm reading a teleprompter, right? <laughs> you are definitely not no. reading a teleprompter. Um, you know, it, it's, I've tried them yeah. uh, for video. I've, I've tried them. And I think the biggest problem with teleprompters, like with a lot of things technology related is it would require a lot of practice. I, I mentioned to you, my wife spent 12 years in the news business. You couldn't tell she's reading a teleprompter. That's but I, I think a, a big thing that we run into is, uh, at least I do, I talk a lot about, I'm a nine on the Colby. And so okay. I'm a quick start, nine Colby, quick yeah. start. I just want to plug it up and go. And I, I know that you guys have a service that's pretty close to uh, about as plug it up and go as you can get. But for me, you know, I... For a long time, I was afraid, so I tried to learn the teleprompter, but the problem was I never could read it at quite the right. Yeah, you know, I got that southern accent, man. It's hard to get a, a speed that can can pattern with me, but... Yeah, but you're not, you're not a slow talker, though. You're not a slow talker. Well, I appreciate, okay. appreciate that. I am. <laughs> I don't mind teleprompters any more than I mind a lot of other what I'll call crutches. Mm-hmm. What I do mind is people who are bad at it is lazy people who don't spend the effort to get good at it and i think that for a lot of advisors the fear is that you'll get it wrong that you'll have trouble with the compliance department honestly i don't i don't know if you guys have a recommended length but most of what i've seen is that videos are supposed to be fairly short so you just shoot it over i mean it's not that that difficult because my problem is kevin to answer your original question I've done some teleprompter work. The problem is I've never been willing to be a student enough to feel like it's a little bit like my golf game. Like I quit playing golf because I could not be good at it because I wouldn't spend enough time. And so that's kind of, that's kind of how I have treated, treated teleprompters. That makes sense. Like, that's a really good point. I never thought about like really practicing with a teleprompter. And like you said, your wife, I mean, she's probably so good at it. It's just like a natural, she can just get on screen and and just make it happen. Right. But most advisors aren't going to take the time to do to, to really get good with it. And I just think that, the, I think the trend in communication is less scripted, more authentic. And that's, I feel like if it feels more authentic, that's how you build more trust. And I mean, think about even what we're doing right now. 
absolutely, I mean, we're not scripted. You said, hey, we're just going to jump in. We're going to start talking. And I think that that's the trend, right? And, uh, and, and I remember giving presentations back in the day where I would memorize what I was going to say. And I got to the point where I realized that I didn't have to do that and that people were okay with a few ums and ahs. And the main thing is like, are they getting value from it? Do they find it interesting? And are they getting something in return? I want to be particularly cognizant of your time. And, and so we may get into some of these things. If anything, we'll, we'll have you back. But I mean, you, you deal with things like the curse of knowledge. I mean, I, I deal with it when, when I'm thinking about if I were going to produce content. And it's kind of like everybody knows that. You know, everybody knows what to look for on their 1040 to determine what not to pay taxes, or everybody knows what the, a backdoor Roth strategy or whatever it is, is. But they don't. No. Yes, no. Don't. To your point about video, you mentioned with the iPhone. I mean, if you look at most of the people who have tons and tons of followers on various forms of social media, they're not shooting from. Uh, unless it's, say, Marie Forleo in the entrepreneur space, they're not shooting a full-on TV. They're just, it's kind of the way that we communicate anymore. And I think that 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 ends up being, what is it, perfect is the enemy of good or or something to that effect, where we spend so so much time trying to get it exactly right. And and I think a lot of that's just kind of in our head. But you guys have a service. I, I don't want to close out without talking about it, you do have a way that our listeners could could kind of press the easy button a little bit when it comes to advisor video. Yeah. So when you think about video, you think about hurdles like what what do I buy? Right? Like okay, well there's there's a million different options, right? And then you also think about the editing and, and production aspect of it, right? So what we did with Oxley Mobile is we kind of took those you know, out of the picture. So one, we send you the Oxy Mobile kit, really everything you need to enhance the footage from your phone, which again, your phone shoots pretty decent footage, especially, I mean, except for the advisor I spoke to the other day who has an iPhone 5. I was like, I, I'm amazed that like that thing even functions. Right? I wouldn't but, even know that he'd want to do any marketing, uh, he or she, <laughs> on, on social media. I Can you even get Facebook on an iPhone 5? <laughs> an iPhone 5. I said, hey man, this is your excuse to go to your wife and ask, say, hey, I need to upgrade my phone. Like, I mean, your phone in general shoots pretty good video, but like our, our kit will add a Rode mic that plugs right into your phone. It adds an aperture light, a really solid tripod that can you, you can use for standing or sitting shots. And then you shoot the video. You basically send it straight from your phone to Oxley. We do the editing because we're going to develop a nice intro, outro, and everything for you. And then we send the final file right back to you. And we have been able to turn them around in at least 48 hours. So you think about the easy button of like, all I really got to do is focus on my content and shooting it. Not to mention, we will give you some scripts. The scripts are like, I mean, some advisors are really using them. Some are just shooting on things that they think of. And I, and honestly, if it were me, I'd be shooting on, you know, question, you know, a scenario that I went through recently, or I want to shoot a video that I'm going to send to you know, Merck executives in this area because I'm targeting Merck, right? Like I'd be, I'd be specific with it, but we take all the, the really hurdles out of the equation. We make it easy. Well, you do, at least I have yet to take advantage of that particular service, but I know that that is definitely true with all the services prior to that, that I've used. Uh, you guys do a good job. I mean, there's no question that the Oxley Institute knows financial advisors. And so Thank you, Jim. You know, I, I am a big fan, and uh, I know that you have a, we discussed ahead of time, you have a hard stop. So many more things that at some point I'd love for us to talk about. I hope you'll come back. I'll come back. And uh, and, and we'll do lots of other things that we can get into. If, if you don't mind 
Kevin, just one last question kind of off the cuff and, and in closing. When you think back on, on the last few years of all the different things that you guys have done, whether it's social media, video, or both, can you give us one example of just a success story? So somebody who has all these fears and worries and that we have about whether or not it's even worth it, do you have one kind of in-the-bag story of somebody who had success that would make you know, our average listener feel like it's worth figuring it out? I'll tell you one just as of last week, because this is an advisor kind of in the, in the Midwest. I'll be as vague as possible. Um, newer to social media, we started doing some LinkedIn messaging on her behalf, sending it to a specific target market series of messages. And now she's working and close to closing a $60 million prospect from it. And this is someone who heretofore said, she's not sure if the affluent even use LinkedIn. So, I mean, I look, I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that there's a million ideas, a million different things you can do, whether it's LinkedIn messaging or Facebook ads, or just, you know, more referral or introduction strategies or referral alliances with CPAs and attorneys and everything like that. And I had this advisor call in recently and I got him on the phone and he was interested in talking a little bit about coaching. And he said, Hey, so you guys are a marketing company. Give me your best marketing idea. And I just kind of was taken aback a little bit. And I said, well, what do you mean? He's like, Hey, you I mean, come on, hit me with it. What's your best marketing idea? And honestly, I was totally shocked. I just said, you know what? It's my best marketing idea is the one you actually do. And he's stopped for a second. And he, I said, you know what? There's so many ideas and everything works to a degree, but you have to implement it and you have to do it consistently. If you want a cold call, I bet you could make it work. Like if you really want to, right? I mean, I, I bet you, you can make a lot of things work, but it's just you doing it and, and being disciplined to do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, and you and I have talked about the fact that I enjoy this medium because it doesn't feel laborious at all. I, I don't mind setting this up and, and getting up with you and, and having these kinds of conversations. It's fun for me. It, do, it passes the time without it feeling like work. And I think that whether that's for our folks who are interested in writing content or keying in things directly into uh, the social media, for others, it's audio or video or both. Yeah, just do what do what uh, makes you comfortable, what you're willing to do, and, and that you might actually enjoy doing it because it certainly makes it an awful lot easier mm-hmm. to do when it doesn't seem like a bunch of, of hassle and work. Well, Kevin, I would love to have you back again. I know that, uh, like I said, I know that you have a, a stop, but it has been just awesome information. Uh, I should have planned better so that we'd have an hour uh, or two, but I hope you'll come back. Man, it's just real valuable information. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Chip, I appreciate you having me. And if you um, ever want me back, we want to do a deep dive on something, just let me know. Well, we'll definitely do it. So for those of you who are in uh, the Facebook group, if you have something in particular that you would like to to have Kevin and I do a deep dive on, just post something about it in there or reach out to me directly. and, uh, And we'll definitely get Kevin back on and do that. Kevin, before I sign off, If folks want to learn more specifically about Oxley or any of the programs that you guys have, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, I mean, the best way to learn about our programs is to go to the Oxley website, which is very tricky to spell, right? It's O-E-C-H-S-L-I.com. And if they want to email me directly with any questions, I'm happy to take an email from them, kevin.nichols at oxley.com. That's fantastic. Well, uh, for those of you, if you're in the Facebook group and have something in particular that either you want me to ask Kevin, if you're anti-email and don't want to send him anything, let me know. Uh, and either we'll have him back on or I'll get an answer for you. You want to be able to press the easy button 
and I, I'd seriously, I'd check that's uh, their uh, their most recent offering out. Again, I, I personally haven't had an opportunity to use it yet because it's, it's that new, so I'm, I'm not endorsing it from I- anywhere. I just want to <laughs> see people actually find things that they'll do. And, and so if that's you and you've been struggling, I encourage you to uh, to check out Kevin and, and what they've been doing. We will... Uh, Look forward to having everybody back here in a couple of weeks, and I will, I'll be back at you again real soon. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com scorecard now. Subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.